Welcome to the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant Show. My name is Rebecca Whitman, and I'm a success mentor. I believe there are seven pillars of success. Your spiritual life, your physical fitness, your emotional, romantic, mental, social, and finally, your financial life. When you get all seven areas in alignment, you are balanced, beautiful, and abundant. I learned this the hard way. I've always made money. Unfortunately, I spent so much time making money that I never had time for the rest of my life. So, despite not having financial worries, I was never happy. I wanted romance, but I didn't have time to date. I wanted to be in great shape, but I couldn't find a moment to go to the gym. I wanted a more spiritual life, but I didn't meditate. That also takes time. I wanted to read great books and fill my mind with deep thoughts, but I never made the time. I wanted a great social life, not just going to work-related events. Emotionally, I was a wreck because my life was totally out of balance. Today, I earn more money than I ever have in my life, and I work only part-time. I have the relationship of my dreams. I'm in the best physical shape of my life. I'm spiritually grounded. I feel fulfilled mentally, socially, and emotionally. My life is in perfect alignment. This podcast will help you discover where your life is out of balance. My mission is to support you in achieving work-life balance so that you can have more fun and freedom in life. On my show, you will get to learn from experts in all seven areas of abundance. My guests have achieved tremendous success in their zone of genius. Are you ready to go to a level 10 in all seven areas of life? You got this. name is Rebecca Whitman. Welcome to the Balanced Beautiful Abundant Show. I am so excited to have a very incredible guest today. Her name is Barbara De La Pette, and she is incredible. She's tuning in from Italy. I'm tuning in from LA. This is an international show today. Welcome, Barbara. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you for having me. Such a pleasure and an honor to be here with you today. It's so great to have you here. Let me tell, I had to like majorly abbreviate your bio because if I would have gone through the whole bio, that would have been the whole show would have been over (laughs) because you have done so much in your life. So congratulations on all your accomplishments. I'm just going to pick out a couple highlights so my audience knows how incredible you are. So Barbara Delapete is an internationally recognized global leadership coach. She's a facilitator, a speaker, and an author. She has 18 years of global experience working in China, Australia, and Canada. She's the president of the Intelligent Leadership Coaching She uh, International. She teaches negotiation, which is such an important skill, conflict resolution at a university in Canada in their MBA program. So you guys, we're talking to a master's in business administration level Professor, oh my God, she's a certified resilience feedback coach and a certified divorce specialist. 
She recently published her third book, The Unexpected Gift, Emerging Anew After the Unthinkable. There it is. Yay. All right. So let's talk about your story. Tell me a little bit about your background, your story, your path in life. Like what is, I know we don't have all day and you've had such a full, exciting life and international. You're like a, you're like a intellectual James Bond. <laughs> you've gone everywhere <laughs> and learned so much, but give me like a, a short summary of your story and how did you get to the point you are in the mountains of Verona, Italy? Thank you, first of all, for the generous introduction, Rebecca, such a pleasure uh, to hear you saying those things. Um, so my story, I became passionate about diversity and different culture when I spent my first year outside of Italy at the university. I spent one year in Germany and uh, I realized that there was uh, a world beyond the one I had lived in, so beyond Italy and my context. And so after spending one year as a student at the university in Germany, I decided that in the future I wanted to travel, I wanted to live abroad, and not as a tourist actually, Charlie, not as a tourist, but living abroad to know new cultures and to know new people. And so the opportunity came and uh, it was not within Europe. It was China. It was Hong Kong. And uh, I took it. I took the chance and uh, I started my, I don't know, um, my life <laughs> traveling and working and living around the globe and uh, connecting with diversity, different culture, different people, discovering myself and you. And that's where it all started. Um, I learned so much about myself by being in a very different co cultural context. Um, China taught me so much. I spent there 16 years, particularly in Hong Kong. And uh, which is the New York of Asia. So you can understand a little bit how that works. It was a melting pot of culture and uh, very fast paced environment. Learned a lot about myself. And um, that's when also my divorce experience happened, exploded. My marriage imploded, really. And uh, that's where my journey of uh, reconnecting with myself, discovering myself, rebuilding my career and opening up to what was completely new for me, both from a personal perspective and from a professional perspective. And that's also when I discovered that I could uh, be a coach and I could do what I do now. And I started working with corporations, with people all over the world. And uh, that's what uh, took me to where I am today. Actually, geographically, was COVID that took me <laughs> back to Italy after 20 years uh, of uh, living and working abroad. And uh, yeah, so I'm here just checking out that Italy is okay before starting again. <laughs> and then you're going to go back. So what is your next stop after Italy? My next stop after Italy probably would will be both the U.S. and China again. So I, I, I am planning to visit the U.S. as soon as it's possible. I'm looking for my visa to be um, renewed. And then uh, China, because I have many clients that work there. So I'll, as soon as it is possible for me to travel safely over there, then I'll, I'll do that too. So these are the two places. So did if, we you, don't, if we don't count, sorry, Spain and Barcelona, just for 
have a relaxing oh my god i want to go to barcelona so bad so um i have a step son as of three months ago i have a step congratulations on the wedding and thank you so much and he might be doing a semester abroad in spain he's applying for the program and i'm so hoping he gets in so we can visit him in spain and maybe maybe we'll meet up in spain that would be all that would be awesome because I hear the people of Barcelona are just so sweet and delightful. Absolutely. I was there one month ago. I spent 10 days there. It was the first time for me to be in Barcelona. And I love the vibe of the city, the energy of people, young people, international, beautiful. And the environment is really beautiful as well. So we'll meet in Barcelona, Rebecca. <laughs> Sounds good to me. So now your coaching career, did that take off after your divorce or during your marriage, it took off and then you expanded it after the divorce? Um, it was very organic, the growth into coaching. And uh, it started before um, the divorce and it, it took off afterwards. It started before the divorce because I, I didn't know that it existed actually a profession that was coaching. Mm-hmm. I just knew at the time that I, I've always loved to, to spend time with people, learn about their lives, helping them. And actually I was called the wise one when I was a kid, a, a, mm-hmm. a younger, not really a kid, but in my twenties. Uh, and so it was quite natural for people to come to me and talk and open up at, and, and uh, I love to listen to their stories and their life stories. But I didn't know it existed a job that was the coaching and that helped people to actually expand their who they are and learn about themselves. And so I started exploring that. And then when I was abroad, when I was in Hong Kong, I actually discovered that it could be a profession. And so I started looking into that and I started, um, yeah, I w- I've always work between academia and the corporate. So I'm a, a bridging lady. <laughs> so yeah. And so I, I, I kept working on both both sides and discovering what coaching was about, studying, researching, practicing. And uh, I've always integrated uh, what I was doing. And I eventually um, ended up where I am now. And I love it. That's that's incredible. So what inspired you to write your last book, your memoir, uh, Emerging Anew After the Unthinkable, The Unexpected Gift? What inspired that book? It was inspired, actually, of course, that f- for my story. And particularly because it was a v- my breakup and then divorce was extremely painful for me because at the time when it happened, I did not have the resources in terms of knowledge of how do I help myself to overcome such a, a traumatic event for emotionally, first of all. And so I was searching for, um, I love reading books, right? And I was searching in books for someone, a story, somebody that could tell me from the future that I will, you're going to be fine, it's going to pass, the situation is going to be, um, well, your life is going to be fine and you will be fine again. And I couldn't find it at the time. And so I also realized that when I was going through the pain and the situation, somehow my mind was so sharp 
and I could see situations, I could see myself in such a clear way. And I had very powerful insights. And I, one day I decided that I needed to write them down, that for sure in the future, it would have been helpful for me to read those insights, that pain was opening up for me. Mm-hmm. And so I started writing down those things. And uh, in time, eventually, I decided, you know what, the book that I was looking for, the, the book that I wanted to have, I wanted to find so that I could be helped in what I was going through is going to be mine. And wow. I, want, I, I wanted my book to be the voice from the future for somebody that is going through the situation, somebody from the future that comes back and tell you, look, I was there. I know what you're going through and it's going to be fine. It's hard. It's painful. And this is how I did it and you can do it too and that's how the book was uh, conceived and written so let's unpack your divorce a little bit i know we talked about it on a private call that you were kind of blindsided right so why don't you tell the audience like what exactly happened when your husband told you said hey let's sit down and we got to talk tell us about that oh that that was uh, i had just finished my PhD, actually. I, w- I came back, I was flying back to um, after discussing my final dissertation. And uh, I was so happy because it went very well. And so I flew back home and I was expecting a big celebration with my husband. So I had abs- I was absolutely in a different planet. Right. And when, when I arrived uh, and I was so happy to see him, we, he picked me up at the airport, then we go back home and I'm looking at him so happy. And now I'm like, okay, so what are we going to, to, to do for a celebration? <laughs> and he looks at me and smiles and he says, I think I want to leave the marriage. Mm. So that was how he delivered the news. And that was totally an out of the blue moment for me. And, uh, my PhD is in philosophy, so I am a person that is used to observe and think and ponder and <laughs> and be, I thought, aware of what is going on around me because I like to investigate situation. And yet, I, I didn't see it coming in this way. So it was really, really traumatic. And at first, I was like, what did he just said? Yeah, it's like you don't even hear it, but... What I want you to tell my audience is when was it that your friend saw your husband in a magazine article? With oh, an- yes. That was really, because after this event that I've just described, my then husband said, uh, this is a crisis, so I don't know exactly what's going on. And so for a couple of months, he kept me there, suspended in what was going on. To a point that a dear friend of mine writes to me. No, actually, she calls me and she says, Barbara, I'm sending you an article. Please read it. So I'm going to email the article to you. I found that strange, but I said, okay, this is a person, one of my best friends. I trust her. So probably is very important. So I, I check my email, start reading this article that she sent. And it was quite interesting in the sense that it was about fashion. I am Italian. I am supposed to love fashion. I am a normal person and I like fashion, but not that much. Yeah. In the sense of reading what is the trend today. And this article was a journalist interviewing a lady talking about the, the, 
the new trend in fashion, what she bought, and etc. And I'm like, okay, I'm not that interesting. So I stopped reading the article. My <laughs> friend called me and said, have you read the article? And I said, yes, I've read it. But why do you want me to read it? You know that I'm not that much into the last trend in fashion. And she goes, read it till the end. So yeah. trusting her, I pick up the article again, and I go and read and read. And at the end, the last question that the journalist asks what is ladies, what do you like to do in your free time? Mm -hmm. And she goes, I love when my partner, and there is my then husband name, comes back from the city where he was living and we spend time together, we cook, we have a glass of wine, and uh, there's nothing more that I love to do. And I look at this article, I'm like, is this lady speaking about my husband? So... I pick up the phone immediately and I call my then husband that was in crisis, trying to figure out what to do. And I said, is this true? Is this you? And he says, I'm sorry that you had to find out like that. And that's when my world completely collapsed. My story, what I have believed in, who I was, my future completely disappeared and crumbled. And, uh, that's when my life changed completely. In the, the time of reading an article, reading few lines, and yeah. it was completely different. The future now was unknown to be built. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to feel. I started asking why was this happening? The out-of-the-blue moment <laughs> before was again another moment that I did not expect and uh, so full of uncertainties and that was what uh, started to be my life from that moment on and it would have been from that moment on a very very long journey of uh, discovering look at my past look at myself look at my husband that people I knew the value I had what I believed in the future I imagined I always imagined a life with kids, a family, with him, never thought of anything different. And now here we go, disappeared. So it was quite a, let's say an intense moment, Rebecca. Well, let me get this straight. First, you got back from getting your PhD and wanted to celebrate. And then he said, we need to talk. I want to get out of the marriage. And then you found the magazine article where you saw, okay, this is why he wants to get out of the marriage because he has been having an affair. And that exactly. really, so that really made it way more painful because then it's not just rejection, it's betrayal. And yeah, you felt really like you were living a lie and then you had to rebuild your life. So I know that resilience is one of your expertise, uh, areas of expertise as a coach. Tell us a little bit about resilience uh, from a personal perspective, but also what you learn in your coaching program. You're a certified resilience feedback coach. So what does resilience mean to you? Resilience, first of all, is linked to me. Uh, for me, it's linked to courage. Mm. It is first to have courage. And uh, in, from my experience was at first the courage of looking at um, a life that disappeared and it was not there anymore. It was like looking at the blank canvas in front of me and have the courage to be there, feel all the feelings that 
uh, that the, the started happening and I was experiencing within me a bundle of complex feelings that I couldn't even recognize and having the courage of standing that and look at my future that was gone. And so it was like in front of a white page. So what, how do I write it? So the first element of resilience for me is courage. And then once you decide, you know what, I'm going to move forward and, and move towards my new future, even if I don't know what that is, resilience has to do with keep the courage alive. And mm -hmm. when there are setbacks and when it seems that life, instead of being a flow now, given that you have been hit so much now, supposedly life must flow now, right? Statistically, that's what needs to happen. At least was my idea. You realize that it's not the case and there are so many roadblocks. And so keep the courage alive. And when you hit a roadblocks, then still don't be discouraged and keep breathe, take a deep breath in and keep going. So courage, continuing to believe that you have um, the strength, that there is positivity, that there are possibilities and opportunities, even if you don't see them, even if you don't feel like moving forward. And yet, they're at a certain level of depth. There is this uh, push and this certainty to keep moving forward. So that's what resilience is for me. So the courage, the certainty, this uh, trust, trust mm -hmm. that despite what happened to you and despite the fact that you don't see what is going to happen in the future and despite you have no idea if you are going to make it or not, you still trust that somehow in some way is going to be okay. So I love that because... Resilience has a lot to do with courage and faith. So I think it was Martin Luther King Jr. that said, you don't have to see the whole staircase. You just take the next step. So if you're, you know, going through something, if you're listening to this and you're like, God, I, I don't know if I have the resilience. I don't know how to get all the way to the other side. Just take the next step and the next step and the next step. And don't overwhelm yourself by the whole process of bouncing back. Just do the next indicated action. So yeah. that that's really good. And also because if I may add, uh, yeah. uh, especially when you we are in situations that are very painful and very difficult, we find solace and we find security and we find some peace in having a clear vision of where we are going. But yes. for me, for example... I, I, could, I was not able at first to see where I was going and where I wanted to go. So I needed, it was like, it was, I was in the fog. So as you said, I needed just to trust a tiny little bit of steps in front of me. And that, that was enough. And I needed to trust that little bit, that little bit. And you and don't I, have to know, like sometimes, you know, in my past, I know I've wanted to know like what the future will bring and, you know, some things we don't get to know. And it's like life's kind of like a hallway. Sometimes you're in the hallway and you don't know. And sometimes, you know, when you walk through the door or sometimes you get rejected and the door will shut. So life is about how comfortable can you be in the hallway and kind of like not knowing where to go or what door will open. And you just do the next thing. Like if you're, if you're depressed, you just get up and you brush your teeth. 
And then you go to the kitchen and make yourself a cup of coffee. Like even if you need to break it down into those, like you said, tiny little steps, eventually that will help you uh, build your resilience muscle to get out of the painful situation that you're in, that you're in. And and, and sometimes the the steps are so tiny. For example, for me, when I was so, there was so much suffering in me and I have very little energy to rely on. I found out that beauty, for example, was very helpful for me. And so what I would do, I would go for walks that would help me a lot. And what I would pay in order not to think and to, uh, to entertain myself with very painful thoughts, I would notice nature so flowers or trees around me and i would notice the tiny little leaves and see how perfect they were and how beautiful they were and that was enough to be focused on something beautiful and tiny and present there to give me a little bit a little bit of that uh, i don't know peace i would say a, a fragment of peace that i needed to continue being resilient in my journey so tiniest element sometimes we don't need big steps or big shifts we just need a tiny little ones and they're powerful because i believe that if you're depressed you're replaying the past in your head and if you have anxiety you're thinking about the future how am i going to do this how am i going to do that but if you bring yourself into the moment and you can use your five sense senses to bring yourself in the moment like, how is this food tasting? How does this tea taste? What what are the different colors in that leaf? What are the different shades in that flower? What are you listening to? Are you listening to music? Are you listening to a great podcast like the Balanced Beautiful Abundance Show? So get into your five senses and that will really help reel your mind back into the moment. So that's really good. And may I just share this little piece that I wrote it in my book, but I find it so powerful and it helped me so much linked to what you just said, that in the present, we have the measure of what we are actually able to bear. Yeah, We have our own measure of what we can bear. And so the, when the pain is, is, a, is a, a lot and the suffering is a lot, it, you stay in the present, the present gives you like a dose of peace, the one you right. need. So I find that that's powerful for people that are suffering and maybe they don't know which way to turn. Stay so still. That, that the present has a tolerable amount of uncomfortable feelings, but it's it's the past, the future that makes it so overwhelming. Yes, and I think that the present is actually it is actually an island of peace. Yes, absolutely. So if you are not feeling in peace, is because as you said, you are swinging between the future and the past. Whereas the present is an island of peace. And that's where you want to be, to learn to stand and to be. And to feel. That's a beautiful quote. Is that from your book? Or did you just say that now? The present I, is an island of peace. I, I said it just now. But oh, that's beautiful. the quote of that <laughs> Get that down, everyone. That's a beautiful quote. So let's talk a little bit about conflict resolution. I know that's another area of expertise. And I really... In personal relationships, both in work work relationships, I know some people have conflict resolution skills, some people don't. 
I think it's, you know, really a sign of leadership to be able to resolve conflicts with both people who work above you and peers and people that you're managing. So let's talk about the workplace first, and then we'll talk about personal conflict resolution. But what are some of your pointers on professional conflict resolution? Well, the, the, the thing that the point that I like always to uh, stress is the fact that conflict resolution, it is an emotional experience and it has to do with emotions and therefore it is an emotional capacity. Okay. So, um, and again, it brings back the people involved to themselves and how much can I stand in conflict? And when I say so, it means how am I able to bear the the emotional element of being in conflict, which could be, for example, if I am having a powerful conversation with you and we are having a difficult conversation because we are in conflict, I might be feeling, oh, um, I am not strong enough or I, she doesn't respect me enough. Uh, she, I, uh, why do I need to give in to her? So the, all these sentences shows, for example, that I need to be reinforcing my self-confidence because I am worried about I, how I am perceived, how I am showing up, am I strong enough, am I good enough, right? So I'm concerned about the enough in a conflict often, whereas if I am fine with it, I'm self-confident, I know where I stand, I know who I am, actually I'm open to see the conflict in a way that it doesn't become a conflict, first of all, it becomes just a, a conversation where I'm exploring you, what you do, what you need, what you want, and I'm trying to do my best to see how I can help you help me. Mm -hmm. But if I am too busy because I am not resolved as a person, then there is me in the way of the conflict first. Often it is this the case. So the first step is to get your own emotions out of it and to figure out the dynamic, what's going on between you and the other person. Yes. My, uh, so take my own emotion out of the way. And that means that I have worked on me, on myself, and I know how right. to manage me. Right. And right. then take into consideration also elements that seem that have nothing to do with the conflict. Mm -hmm. Maybe we are we are having a very difficult conversation on which way to go in developing a product, for example, right? Mm -hmm. And so instead of keep focusing on the product and how it is going to be or exactly what are the next step and we cannot agree on, maybe I can ask question around that. So what is your view of a successful way of conducting business? Or I can explore, so what are other people that are important to the project saying about this? So I'm trying to explore your world, the space from which you are speaking and interacting with me. What does it look like really? So the second, so second step would be to get the other person's viewpoint or perspective yeah okay you actually see their world and how you do it yeah. so two more elements asking questions asking questions so don't assume that you understand what the other person say and listening mm -hmm. okay the most undervalued uh, leadership development element ever right yes listening yeah active yeah. listening Active listening, which is, uh, I, I love how um, it, it, they speak about 
the four level of, of listening, right? Otto Scharmer, which is a professor from MIT, he speaks about this amazing four level of listening, that it is beyond active listening. It is really unpacked what does active listening mean, really, and in concrete terms, what does it mean to actively listen? So um, I, I don't go through that because that would need uh, probably half an hour just for that. But in terms of uh, what we want to start paying attention to is the quality of our listening in mm-hmm. conflict when we are in conflict management. Okay. So what next? You get their perspective by listening and asking questions. And then how do we resolve the conflict? We can then we may we try to understand how the other per, what what the other person needs that I can help with so that she or he will be open to listen to me and to see how we can find a solution that work with both. And if we cannot find a solution that work for both, we can agree to disagree and we can agree that there is not right now in this moment for this first round of conversation, there might not be a solution quite yet. And, and, and I say this because one important element for me that usually we don't think about is that a conflict resolution is a process in time. It is just not one moment we are in conflict and we don't agree. No, that's the first round. Let's mm. see what is still possible and from which other angle we can approach, expand, explore what is going on. So I would say essential is curiosity, openness, uh, and really asking the question, listening, and having your inner work done. So a good question and conflict resolution would be, what do you need from me to help us solve the problem? For example, that's a very powerful question. Yeah, that would be a very powerful question. Yes. And coming at it from a from a viewpoint of collaboration, not antagonism, because I think it's human nature when somebody has a conflict, when somebody doesn't believe what you believe, and this is what we're going through in America right now. We've never been a culture so divided. Uh, when somebody doesn't believe what you believe, I think it's human nature to want to attack their beliefs, to go after them, to get angry. And instead of getting angry, we can just ask some questions to understand where they're coming from and then try to find the common ground. And then if we can't find the common ground, then we just agree to disagree. And then we try to come back for another round of Conflict resolution, that is a really good point too, Barbara, that you teach because a lot of people, if they can't come to an agreement, then they just become enemies, you know, and they just say, we just, you know, we don't see eye to eye and we're just not going to ever talk again, which that is not in the spirit of harmony and peace. And that doesn't fly in the workforce. It definitely doesn't fly in relationships. So let's talk about the conflict res- resolution technique that people can bring to, for example, their personal or romantic relationships. Well, in the per- actually, they, they remain the same, but perhaps in an intimate relation, in a personal relationship, I would make sure that I am actually listening and that I am not projecting my assumptions and my beliefs into what you are saying. And therefore, I am listening basically to myself when you speak. So you want to make sure that you are not doing that, that you are not downloading what you know already and you are just tuning in to that 
expecting that the person says what oh that i know yes oh that oh yeah that's familiar <laughs> so we want to make sure that actually we are open and we are curious and we keep uh, asking and trying to find something new that we do not know we want to actually define what we do not know that the other person is saying because that means that we are open and that we start to see the different aspects the different parts of the person in front of us that maybe we are we are used to just seeing the person in front of us in one way and that's that's rebecca that's who she is instead when we are going to have conflict that means that there are parts of the other person that we are not actually noticing and that's an invitation perhaps to start exploring that yeah so listening asking questions being curious and don't take for granted who we have in front of us, even if we think <laughs> that's very yeah. difficult. Even if we've known them for 20 years, you, you can still learn something new about your partner. And I had a therapist who once told me say to say in a conflict resolution, what I'm hearing you say is blank. And that way that kind of gets both people clear on what's being said, because we hear everything through our own perception and our own filters and someone could be saying something and we could be hearing it differently. So I think that's really important uh, to kind of just, okay, what I'm hearing you say is this, and then go on from there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, and um, really, really this requires intentionality and energy though, right? Because it is yeah. much easier to just uh, remain in what we know and think that, Ah, I know him so well that he will do this, he will do that. No, I think that we want to invest as we do at the beginning of a relationship when we just get married. We yeah. have the enthusiasm, the energy and everything, the curiosity, the really we, 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 we see the person with eyes that are new and fresh. So we want right. to keep that 20 years ahead. Exactly. Doing that. I asked Ben that I'm like, do you really think we can keep this going? Like, can we keep this going for 20 or 40 years? He's like, yes, one day at a time we can do it. So I think uh, we both know the excitement and the romance of a new marriage. And we're both very excited and determined to keep it going. So this has been an amazing interview. I'm so excited to finish reading your book. I just started it and it's excellent. So how can people find your book and how can people keep in touch with you? Um, my book is on Amazon. So you can find it on Amazon under the unexpected gift with my name, Barbara Dalepezze. And um, to find me, I am. Um, I have a website, which is my name again, www.barbaradalepezze.com or on LinkedIn or on Instagram. Instagram, I am new to Instagram, so <laughs> just starting out. <laughs> but I am there. I am there uh, always under my, under my name. And she answers her DMs. So if you have any questions about anything that you saw about conflict resolution or resilience or divorce or any of the great things we talked about, you can reach Barbara Della Pezza. What were you going to say? I want to say just that uh, if they are interested in the topic of trust uh, and uh, conflict resolution and resilience, there is a masterclass uh, that I'm uh, um, giving. And if somebody, if somebody is interested, they can message me and I can add them on on the waiting list. So 
please feel free to do that. I'd be happy to have you there. Perfect. So you can message her and she'll get you on the wait list for a trust workshop. How cool is that? So my <laughs> name, once again, is Rebecca Whitman. Thank you for all those watching on Instagram, on Facebook. Thank you, Barbara, for being on the show. This is a grassroots podcast. We really appreciate our listeners. If you could subscribe, leave a five-star review Take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories. I will reshare and I will definitely give you a shout out. And we just so appreciate everybody's time and listening. This is a balanced, beautiful, abundant show with Rebecca Whitman. Tune in for the next interview. And until then, keep your vibe high and your hands clean. Thank you so much, everyone. And it was another wonderful show. Thank you, Barbara de la Petze. Thank you very much, Rebecca. It was a real pleasure. Thank you. You're so welcome. Who says you can't have it all? I'm proof that you can. You just have to put your life into balance. Too much of anything, money, fitness, socializing, can overtake your life. When all seven aspects of your life work in harmony, you will achieve the balanced, beautiful, and abundant life you've always dreamed of. Please subscribe to hear more inspiring interviews. Is there someone you know who could benefit from this podcast? Please share this podcast with them. Please review this podcast. Your feedback will help me target your needs and plan for upcoming shows that answer your questions and feature guest speakers that can make a big difference in your life. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Rebecca E. Whitman. Feel free to DM me to book a free balance assessment call. And don't forget, stay balanced, beautiful, and abundant. I'm not afraid to